Hey, what you doing? Oh, hey, uh, nothing much, really. I was just getting ready to record an episode of my uh, my podcast. Oh, yeah. What you gonna talk about today? I'm gonna use some scripture to explain some of the... Um, oh, yeah, scripture. I know about scripture. Yeah, you gonna use the, the Bible, the real Bible, one of them fake Bibles. Uh, uh, well, I'm gonna use the real Bible. What what fake Bible are, are you talking about there? Oh, you know what I'm talking about. One of them Bibles that ain't the KJV. One of them has got those wrong letters out by it. Wrong letters? Yeah, you know, the FBI, BLT, KFC Bibles, one of them. Or worse yet, that, that new, uh, that, that, that massage Bible. I ain't figured that one out yet. The massage. Oh, are you, are you talking about the, the message Bible? There, there are a lot of translations that are really helpful. And uh, if you want to read the uh, KJV, if that's what you're comfortable with, then you, you're welcome to read that. But well, thank you for your permission. I reckon I will. I'm just saying that there were actually 11 English translations prior to the modern day King James Version being released. So whereas it is a really good translation, uh, we shouldn't think that it's necessarily the only translation. The original Bible wasn't written in English at all. And then you have to consider all the people who speak other languages for whom the King James wouldn't be helpful. Well, if it ain't the KJV, it ain't right, and ain't nobody gonna listen to your radio show. Well, it's not really a radio show. It's, it's... I ain't worried about all that. You just go ahead and do your little show, talk into your microphone, and pretend like somebody's listening to you. I ain't got any use for all that complication. I reckon I'm a simple man. Well, uh, okay. Thank you for stopping by. <laughs> the Massage Bible. Oh, good grief. Hi, I'm Randall Sims, and this is my podcast. Jesus, the Christ, at the cross of Calvary, purchased eternal life for you and for me. Life more abundant. That life has already begun, so why wait until the afterlife to live that life to the fullest? Welcome to the most impatient Christian podcast in the entire world. This is Christ Life Now. Okay, let me start with something funny today. A Bible study leader said to his group, What would you do if you knew you only had four weeks of life remaining before your death, and then the great judgment day? A gentleman said, I would go out into my community and minister the gospel to those who have not yet accepted the Lord into their lives. Very good, said the group leader. One lady spoke up and said enthusiastically, I would dedicate all of my remaining time to serving God, my family, my church, and my fellow man with a greater conviction. That's wonderful, the group leader commented. But one gentleman in the back finally spoke up loudly and said, I would go to my mother-in-law's house for the four weeks. Everyone was puzzled by this answer, and the group leader asked, Why your mother-in-law's home? Because, the man said, that will make it the longest four weeks of my life. Let's get into the lesson. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 9.27 about an important appointment that each of us is going to keep. It's one that we can't reschedule, we can't cancel. In fact, it's not even one that we can be late for. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed and destined for all men to die. Now, for unbelievers, we know from Scripture that there will be this appointed death and also the second death. They die twice. But we, as believers in Jesus, will only die once. This is a biblical truth. Unbelievers don't get to share in our resurrection. They will only live once. We, believers, get to live again. And this time with an even better body. 
But other than what happens during and after the resurrection of the believers, in the here and now, it's fair to agree with the old saying that states, you only live once. Ring, 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 ring. YOLO! You have a time that is appointed to you to live. That time is now. If you are able to hear me talking on this podcast today, if you're above ground, then that time is now. And it's in how we live that we find the definition for our lives. It's the choices that we make that will test our character, further defining who we are. We are tested daily to define those standards by which we will live our lives. How many times in your life have you had a task that you needed to or even wanted to complete, but for some reason you decided that instead of doing it now, you'd put it off until the next day or the next week or maybe even the next year? Maybe it was an unpleasant job that you needed to do or a special project that needed you to do it. Or maybe it was something awesome like a vacation or something to do with your favorite hobby. Think for a moment about all the times when you've procrastinated and said, I'll do it later. What happened most of the time? Did you ever get around to doing whatever it was or did you continue putting it off until by the time you accomplished it, the results or the enjoyment derived from accomplishing it weren't what they should have been? Or maybe you put it off so long that you missed your window of opportunity. Maybe it never got done. Or perhaps you're still in the process of delaying and when I started asking questions a moment ago about things that need to get accomplished, about 101 and a half things popped into your mind that you really need to do right now. Mark Twain once said, Why put off till tomorrow what you could put off till the day after that? You didn't know that's what Mark Twain sounded like, did you? <laughs> that's a funny, witty saying and it fits in very well with today's pop culture of being popular for being an underachiever group. But here's what God's Word says. Ecclesiastes 11.4 He who watches the wind, waiting for all conditions to be perfect, will not plant a seed, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap a harvest. Have you ever planted a crop, or maybe even just a garden? There are always going to be conditions that are not ideal. Maybe it's a little bit too wet or a little too dry. Maybe the sun is shining too brightly. Maybe there's not enough sunlight. Maybe you have the fertilizer that you want. Maybe you don't. The point is, there's always a cloud or not enough clouds or too much wind or <laughs> not enough wind. There's always something, but if you continue to wait for conditions to be perfect, you will never plant. And never planting means you'll never have a harvest. In order to have a harvest, a seed must be planted, watered, receive proper nutrients. It has to germinate, have time to develop, produce, and then the harvest comes. So we need to take notice, evaluate the situation around us, and develop a fresh understanding that some very important appointed times are coming upon us, church, and keeping those appointments is a necessity. Now is the time to pay attention. Now is the time to act. Now is the time to make changes. Now is the time to get committed. If God has called you to do something, then he's called you to do it. So go ahead and get started. There's no time like the present. If God had wanted you to wait until later to accomplish something, he could have waited until later to call you to do it. Now sure, I realize that sometimes there are physical barriers that keep us from completing certain things right away. Please understand, I'm not saying that you have to finish the assignment immediately. 
I'm just saying go ahead and get started immediately. If you're about to, for example, finish high school and feel that God has called you to be a doctor, understanding the necessity of the now doesn't mean that you hang out a shingle right away and start giving out medical advice and performing appendectomies on unsuspecting strangers and immediately making people sit in a waiting room for an hour later than the time for which you made their appointment and kidding yourself that they all like looking at your magazines that are 10 years old. Not at all. Understanding the necessity of the now means that you focus on finishing high school. Maybe start looking at some colleges and perhaps even some medical schools. After all, you can't just be a doctor you have to build to that. But you can start actively and productively working on that goal right away. And then in eight years or so, the fruit of your labors will be apparent. People will no longer think it's odd when you wear a stethoscope to work. They'll no longer call you offensive names when you tell them to strip down naked and put on this ugly backless dress, jump up on the table on your hands and knees. Now sure, if you do all that prior to medical school, they'll give you some strange looks. They'll say a few choice words to you. But if you do that after medical school, they'll just say, <laughs> Yes, doctor! If your dream is to take a round-the-world trip, but you don't have the money, you can't very well book your ticket in the here and now, but you could perhaps buy your luggage. You could pin up a map and circle all those locations that you're believing you're going to visit on your trip. You could focus on learning a few words in another language or two. Those things are planting seeds. Here's the key. You can't do what you can't do, but you must do what you can do. And there is always something that you can do. As Ecclesiastes tells us, after all, if you never plant your seed because you're waiting for that perfect time that never comes, you'll never have a harvest. If you never make plans, if you never prepare, you'll never get your ticket. You'll never go around the world. I want you all to understand that God does have a harvest for you today in your career, your family, your ministry, perhaps even in your hobbies. So stop looking for or accepting excuses to delay what God has called you to do. In fact, stop looking for or accepting excuses to not do at all what God has called you to do. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus said to a man, follow me, accept me as master and teacher. But he said, Lord, allow me first to go and bury my father. Then Jesus said to him, Allow the spiritually dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and spread the good news about the kingdom of God. Then another said, I will follow you, Lord, as your disciple. But first, let me say goodbye to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back to the things left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Well, it wasn't that Jesus was insensitive or that Jesus didn't care about their relationships with their family or friends. Jesus knew that they were well-intentioned, but they were using delay tactics. They were procrastinators. It can be very easy to commit to doing something, but very hard to actually do it. The thing with using delay tactics is that they tend to be habit-forming. Once you start, it's hard to stop. You make plans to stop, but you just keep putting it off. The first guy wanted to follow Jesus, but first he had to go and bury his father. It's important to note that the scripture doesn't indicate that his father was even dead at this point. But Jesus called his bluff. I can just imagine Jesus being like, Go and bury your father, 
Man, your father ain't even dead yet. In fact, I saw your daddy yesterday. He didn't even look sick. Because, you know, if he had looked sick, I would have healed him. Stop procrastinating. Let the dead bury the dead. Your appointed time to do what I'm calling you to do is now. (laughs) I'm not preaching that we should live a life governed by whim and impulsiveness. That we should immediately drop everything and devote our lives to every random and seemingly awesome idea that pops into our brains every three or four minutes. Because, obviously, that would be, well, crazy. Can you imagine what life would be like if we lived in that way? It would be like me suddenly quitting my job and telling my wife, Hey, I just got a great idea. I'm going to run for president. And she'd be all like, well, I have a great idea. I'm going to be your campaign manager. And I'd be like, honey, I don't need a campaign manager to fulfill the idea that I just had about developing the world's most delicious hamburger. And she'd instantly get angry and say, you know, I can't eat a hamburger while I'm performing this appendectomy on an unsuspecting stranger. No, not at all. What I am preaching is that as sheep, we should know the voice of our shepherd well enough that we can determine whether it's him calling us or if it's just some strange voice in the wind. We need to know the shepherd's voice, Jesus' voice, well enough to determine whether an appointment is from God or from the enemy or just a random crazy thought that pops into our head. (laughs) When the shepherd has brought all his sheep outside, he walks on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice and recognize his call. They will never follow a stranger but will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus, our good shepherd, will not call us to do something without also giving us the resources and the ability to accomplish what he's called us to do. The voice of a stranger will lead us into the wrong pasture if we listen to it. Quite often, the stranger speaks with the voice of procrastination, excuses, and delay. And quite often, that strange voice actually comes from within us. But as the parable suggests, we don't recognize it. And if we're good sheep who know the voice of our shepherd, we won't pay any attention to that voice that we don't recognize. That voice that comes from within yourself might be trying to make you think, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough time, enough money. I don't have enough help. The timing is just not right. All righty then, sheep. Let's explain that to the shepherd. Let's explain to the shepherd that even though we're the sheep and he's the shepherd, we have a slightly better plan about when we should follow him. And all the procrastinating sheep say, Uh, Mr. Shepherd, sir? Let us just explain our side of things to you. Uh, I know that you have appointed us to follow you to yonder pasture there, and uh, here's the thing. We really want to go. I mean, I I think we can all agree, right, fellas, that uh, the grass over there is just really literally just, just quite a bit greener than the grass here, and we are definitely gonna go over there with you, but we are just really involved over here right now with finishing up with eating the grass in this pasture. We've kind of committed, if you will, to this project. We'd like to go now, but our hooves are just kind of tied. The timing is just bad. Oh, and uh, there's this new wolf family who just moved in next door that seems really friendly and they've invited us over for dinner next week. So, you know, rain check. Yeah, let me put this delicately. Sheep are stupid and helpless. Left to their own devices, they will get stuck in briar bushes, fall off cliffs, 
and go out to dinner with wolves in one way or another. There's probably a metaphor about dating there somewhere for the young people. Anyway, sheep are stupid. But that's why they need a shepherd. We see this so often with people who don't know Jesus, with people who are lost, whom the Holy Spirit is calling to repentance. He's saying, come and let me save you. Come, let me change your life. Let me fill you up. Let me help you, fix you, heal you. And they say, I will. I sure will. But let me get my life together first. Let me get out of this bad relationship first, because I don't want to take that baggage to church with me. Let me get off drugs first, because I know that won't fly in God's house. Or I'm waiting until after my divorce because my wife or husband won't let me live right. Or I'm waiting till after I get married because I know that my current living arrangements don't please God. And I can just see Jesus on the right hand of the Father thinking, Oh, ignorant, helpless, beautiful, beloved, special sheep. When will you realize that you can't get right on your own and then come to me? But if you had come to me first, I'd help you get right. You can't bathe yourself. You can't clean yourself up on the outside and make it affect what's on the inside. So stop trying. But I, if you'd let me, I can clean up everything that's inside you. And as you stay faithful, you'll start to look and be clean even on the outside. Now, here's the scary part for those who don't choose to keep their appointments when God is calling them to himself. Jesus said in John 6.44, No one is able to come to me unless the Father who sent me attracts and draws him and gives him the desire to come to me, and then I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. What if God is calling you now and you don't come now because you plan to come later but later when you had planned to make a decision for christ god is no longer calling you and your appointment time has passed what if you miss your window of opportunity remember there is appointed each man a time to die so maybe there will be enough time but maybe there won't be a few years ago on a sunday morning While many of us were, no doubt, worshiping in our respective churches, a man walked into a Texas church and tragically gunned down 26 people. Now sure, it was their appointed time. It was too early, and it was not God's will or God's plan. But their time came all the same. Let me ask you this. If right now, your heart suddenly stopped beating and you instantly went from this realm of being able to make decisions to a state of having no control whatsoever, a state in which your eternal destination is based only on what choices you already made. Where would you spend eternity? Would you spend eternity with a glorified body in a new Jerusalem? Or would you spend it in eternal separation from God in what the scripture calls a punishment that is eternal? And just as it is appointed and destined for all men to die once, and after this comes certain judgment. So Christ, having been offered once and once for all to bear as a burden the sins of many, will appear a second time when he returns to earth not to deal with sin, 
but to bring salvation to those who are eagerly and confidently waiting for him. I believe the time taken to listen to this podcast is an appointed time for each of us today. It's a time appointed to take advantage of God's presence and receive what he has to give us. But you have to keep the appointment. Don't delay. In other words, if you're not already a believer, if you're not in relationship with Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, there's no time like right now to change that. Just pray with me. Dear God, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I confess that I have sinned, but I repent of those sins and I turn away from them. From this point forward, I will follow you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, I believe you became born again. I believe that you kept the most important appointment that was ever given to you. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope that it's given you some motivation. Hey, go ahead and share it with a friend. For that matter, share it with an enemy. Just get the word out there. We want to reach as many people as possible. Also, thank you for your financial support. If you are not already a financial supporter, please prayerfully consider becoming one. Our cash app, PayPal, and mailing address are located in the description below. Until next time, have an awesome day and live your Christ life now. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.